and welcome back to the Committed Football Guys podcast. In this episode, we are going to be going over our top 10 rankings for QB and tight end, as well as our 2022 rookie class thoughts, a little Super Bowl predictions, and a new segment called Fair Fleece, where we take a trade that happened in our leagues and pick a side. Sweet. Joel, you want to go ahead and kick us off with your QB1? Yes. Uh, so I, I feel like this is going to be kind of one of those like mic drop moments. Uh, really shocked the world. I'm going to go ahead and put Patrick Mahomes at the top of my what? list. Patrick Mahomes? That's crazy. No way. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, the things we're seeing him do on a weekly basis, uh, it speaks for itself. So I'm, I'm just, sometimes you just got to leave it at that. He's leading, even, even though that Hurts is right behind him. He still has the most points per game for a quarterback. Yeah. So Colby, I assume he's your he's your dynasty quarterback one as well. Yeah, Mahomes is number one. I mean, so just a few stats on Mahomes. He's twenty seven and three against the division, sixty four and sixteen as a starter. And obviously, when you're performing at that rate, you're going to be having really good fantasy numbers. And so I think he's the superflex one point oh one easily. You know, just. In general, like people, you know, they want to push Allen as number one. And I can understand that. He's a hot name. He's fun. And he's a very good player. But still, I want Mahomes at number one. Yeah, I'm not going to waste any time here. Uh, Mahomes is my number one as well. Just a stud. So, Joel, what about number two? I was going to say real quick, I feel like there's been times where the fantasy community has really overthought things, myself included. I think last year, Jonathan Taylor was probably a number of people's 101 in a super flex startup. I think this I think this year and moving forward, I don't think anyone's ever going to be fooled into drafting yeah. a non-quarterback one, two, and probably three through seven. I don't think we're ever going to be at a place again where people are like, I'm going to take this non-quarterback 101. Yeah, Especially it when just you got really these guys. puts you in a bad position. For yeah, sure. And absolutely. I think when you have guys like Patrick Mahomes and my quarterback too, Josh Allen, leading the way, there's just no reason to to leave these guys on the draft board past your pick if they're there. Yeah, I agree. So Colby, is, is uh, Josh Allen also your quarterback too? Yeah, Josh Allen's definitely my quarterback too. I mean, you just look at what he's doing on a per-game basis. He's scoring an elite rate. He's also in a very underrated rusher just in general. You know, has the weapons. Uh, him and Diggs have an awesome connection, of course. Um, yeah, so he's definitely the guy I want, number two. Allen's also my number two. I mean, it's look, like, like Joel said, it, it's really easy for us to overthink these things. And sometimes when we watch Josh Allen play, I, I think this year he's kind of having that moment that Mahomes kind of had last year where defenses are playing him a little bit differently and – you know, he's just he's he's having to read and react to that. But what you can always fall back on with Josh Allen is that rushing upside. I mean, even when there's games where he's only throwing for 200 yards, he's still rushing uh, for a lot of yards and, and scoring touchdowns on the ground, which is just always going to help you out. So Josh Allen easily also my number two. Yeah, I think also his durability is really underrated. I mean, he hasn't really missed many games in general. So he, he takes he doesn't take many hits and the ones he does take he takes it really well if he's not the one giving the hit. Right. Right. He'll he'll be trucking guys at, at most of the time. It seems yeah. like. I mean so, he's yeah. six five, what two forty? I mean he's a big boy. These guys are aliens, and I think this is where most people will start to have 
you know, this is where you almost start putting your preference over consensus. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and put Jalen Hurts as my quarterback three. He's probably the biggest riser in these rankings, considering all the discourse about him potentially being replaced uh, during the 2022 preseason. Uh, I think he's a smart, composed quarterback. He trusts his guys to make plays. The team has surrounded him with superstars and uh, I think the best part is he'll call his own number at a moment's notice and he does really good when he when he takes it upon himself to just take off. I love Hertz. He's still one of my favorite players in the league. I own him in multiple leagues at this point, but he's not my QB3. I, I actually have Joey B, Joe Shiesty as wow. QB3. Um, he's just the guy I want. He has elite weapons. Um, I think his skills are going to, um, you know, I just think that overall, like over time and in, in the course of a career, you know, Jalen Hurts and the guys like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, like they have the rushing upside, but I want the guy with the elite arm um, and the elite. I just think that he he has a swagger about him. He's scoring in a per game basis already as the top, a top five, top four. Is that right? Per game mm-hmm. basis last year. Um He's got an elite offense. Um, offensive line is getting better. Um, I just that Burrow's the guy I want at three. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I, I am also going Jalen Hurts at three. He's just another guy. Like you know, we talked about it already, but he calls his own number. And and they play the thing that I love about watching the Eagles' offense this year when Hurts has been healthy is that they can adjust to anything that the defense is doing. If they need to go pass happy, they will. They need to go run happy. They will. If they need to just be incredibly balanced, they will. And every time, like no matter what the game plan is, Hertz is always scoring a ton of points. Um, the rushing mm-hmm. upside clearly just helps him out so much. Uh, he was, what, the number two scorer in fantasy this year. Uh, and I only think he's going to get better uh, as, as he continues to develop with uh, within that offense and with those weapons. And, and hopefully maybe getting even an upgrade at running back would help, I think, uh, especially one who is more prone, more able to to catch the ball out of the backfield consistently. So I love Hertz. Uh, he's super fun to watch. You saw what the Eagles' offense did without him. Uh, they they definitely needed him uh, the last couple weeks. So uh, I love Hertz. Well, maybe we'll see I, I him guess... get a, a running back with Miles Sanders being a free agent. Sure. Yeah, and Miles Sanders played really well last year. I think. No, he did. But if you look at, at at him playing without Hertz, his production tanked. Yeah. Uh, as we move on to quarterback four, uh, this is where I'll have Joe Burrow. And I mean, he's been one of the most surefire number one draft picks this league's ever seen. And his receiver trio of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd um, being around him, it just elevates him even more. He's a smart, aggressive passer. He limits his mistakes, and I feel like he's, he seems to thrive when the pressure is the highest. And he's just one of those guys that, that you want uh, when the pressure is, 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 you know, the worst that it is. It, it's, he's just one of the guys that you just trust and you want. Yeah. Um, so my number four my number four and number five were really hard because I actually flipped these guys back and forth multiple times. Um, but I do have Jalen Hurts at four. And, you know, I mean, you'll know when I announce my number five, it's, I feel like it's pretty obvious who my number five is at this point. But I think with Jalen, it's just the team around him is so sound and he's so durable. And yeah. like, I know he just got the shoulder injury, but really when it came down to between my four and five, 
the guy with the rushing upside. I mean, you talk about rushing upside. It's insane. You look at what how many points he's scoring. So from week five on, he literally only scored less than 20 points once. That's crazy. That's insane. I mean, that's just, you're, you're talking about a fantasy cheat code. You really are. Um, and so I, that's why I do have Hurts at four. Yeah, totally makes sense. You know, we, we, we sang his praises. Um, and look, Colby already sang this guy's praises as well. But Joey B, number four for me as well. Uh, the only reason why Burrow is four for me and not higher is just because of the rushing upside that Hurts brings. But honestly, Joe Burrow had a couple of games where he's where he scored some rushing touchdowns. He also had two games where he rushed for 40 yards. Uh, pretty underrated because like that's four points, you know, in a in a standard uh, scoring league. So yeah, Joe Burrow, he's got the most insane weapons. Uh, just with Jamar Chase and T Higgins alone. Um, he's great. I, he's my favorite player in the league. Uh, I'm an LSU fan. I don't know if I mentioned that in the first episode, but uh, he is literally like my, like, I don't even know what else I could say about him uh, that would not be heretical. You know what I mean? I just love him so much. Interesting. You won't talk about top 30 receiver, Tyler Boyd. No, I was just saying like, as far as top two, I think the only person who might have better talent, arguably, like a top two would be Hertz with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Yeah, and Goddard, bro. Goddard's really good. Yeah, Goddard's really good as well. Yeah, I was going to just touch on this, and I actually, it's just one of those things that I uh, is in my head, and I don't have any stats to back it up, but it feels like... Uh, even though Burrow doesn't have the rushing volume that some of the guys above him do, it feels like his rushes are a lot of the times for first downs. Maybe it's like third and three. He gets those yards to sustain the drive, and that's how you get it. that's how you get more points for him, more points for his guys around him. Um, if you get a quarterback who can sustain a drive, um, I think that's really where you find you're striking gold. Yeah, definitely. He's he's no he's not like a statue in the pocket, which is like so huge for a quarterback. And if you look at, I think probably all of our top fives, if we kind of are the same like consensus top five, uh, none of those guys are statues, and that's what really what sets them all apart. Yeah. yeah also, so- Burrow had five rushing touchdowns this season, so I mean he's yeah. definitely not. And then he had three straight weeks with over seven rushing attempts and then he also he he had the five rushing attempts threshold which is a i feel like five rushing attempts is a good threshold for a quarterback and he hit that one two three seven times so i think that's really good but also he the thing i love about burrow he doesn't turn the ball over so uh, if you take away his four interception game at the first you know game of the year which was just kind of a fluke um in my opinion he only had five interceptions. Excuse me, seven interceptions. So that's pretty yep. good. Um, but yeah, enough about Burrow. Uh, who you got, who y'all have at number five? So at five for me, uh, I'd love the idea of these the Joe Burrow and this guy battling it out in the AFC North for years to come. Uh, we'll see if the Ravens are smart enough to lock up Lamar Jackson on a long term deal. I think they would be making a huge mistake to let him walk. Uh, but he still has some progress to make as a passer uh, as regarding the guys above him. But I'll also chalk that up to the organization refusing to bring in top talent for him. 
things just haven't worked out with his receivers. His running style is safe, yet he elite. You never see him take big hits. And, I mean, up until recently, we really haven't seen injury disrupt his game. And so I hope he can come back soon at this point. I don't even know if he'll be able to play in the playoffs. But uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, will be a force, a top five quarterback for years and years. Yeah, I also have uh, Lamar at five. And the reason I I put Hurts above him was just because of the durability. I mean, you can't ignore that Lamar, he always seems to have something wrong with him. Even though he doesn't take a lot of hits, I mean, but still on a per game basis, he's still scoring just an insane amount of points. And Definitely. also, he ha- always has the big play potential. If you go back to week two and week three of this year, he scored 41.62 points. And then the next week, he scored 39.42 points. So you're talking about the QB1 of the week, pretty much overall, you know, that's a league winner or a week winner, excuse me. Um, that's the type of guy I want on my team. The guy that can literally just win me weeks on his own. Now, yeah. I know he's been dealing with injuries, and he doesn't have the top talent uh, on the receiving. I I still like Bateman. That being said, he he got hurt. I I do want to see. I do want to see them bring another another receiver in. Um, Please. But you know, it's just the durability is the big question for Lamar. Lamar is my favorite player in the NFL to watch. I mean, it, it's I, I talk about it all the time. He's Literally so fun to watch. He's electric, but um, the injuries have piled up, and so that's why I, I put him down. He used to be at number three for me. That's fair. Yeah, he's my number five as well. Uh, it is a little bit of alarming. A little bit of an alarm. Him only playing twelve games last year. He's only played twelve games this year. But again, in those twelve games, he is not hurting you in any way, shape, or form. I mean, he is always like you said, always ready to make the big play, whether it's through the air or on the ground. Uh, I mean, he's he's just got that immense rushing upside. And, and like I said, kind of for Hertz, even though he may go under 200 yards passing, he still has so much rushing upside to, to, to make up for it at that quarterback position. That's so helpful. And yeah, I mean, please can we get Lamar uh, a, a, an elite weapon? You know, I don't know if, if they go out and if they re-sign him and they trade for a DeAndre Hopkins or something like that, like, I don't know. I haven't seen those reports or anything like that, but I'm just saying a player that is elite. We've gotten Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. We got AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts. We got Jamar Chase for Joe Burrow. Mahomes, he doesn't really need, he doesn't really need an elite wide receiver, but Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, he's got Travis Kelsey, but so can we please get Lamar an elite wide receiver? And I am still in on Bateman, like you said. Uh, he also needs to stay healthy. But we need an elite wide receiver for Lamar. He deserves it. He's earned it. And he's improved as a passer every single year. It's just this year it seemed like it took a step back. But, I mean, he's thrown to Devin DuVernay. And, I, I mean, I don't even know who else is on that team, honestly. Oh yeah, James Proch. I mean, obviously Mark Andrews. I'm just talking about as like a as a wide receiver. Dude, Mark Andrews. We'll talk about him a little later, but yeah, he we did will. not have a good year. Yeah. But anyway, Joel, I think now, like after that top five, we're gonna have some some big differences potentially. So what's your number six quarterback? Uh number six for me is Justin Herbert. And he is the exception to the rule that inaccurate passers in college can't be accurate passers in the NFL. Somehow Something clicked, and he 
I don't know, he just exploded onto the scene. And while he's yet to take the next step in real-life football in the postseason, we'll find out this year, um, he still gets the job done for fantasy purposes. I like the weapons around him. Even when Keenan Allen eventually retires, Mike Williams is still there for a while. I do think they would be wise to bring in uh, someone similar to Keenan Allen in the draft, whoever that may be. But they still have Joshua Palmer, who showed up for them when Keenan and Mike Williams were out. They still have none other than DeAndre Carter. And DeAndre Carter has proven he's proven to be reliable when he needs to be on the field. So while I'm not saying I'm not beating the drum of DeAndre Carter to be a you need to pick this guy up in every league, they do have number of assets on that team who can perform. Gerald Everett is not bad. He was a top 10 tight end this year. Uh, fringe, if if not. Well, which is not hard to do. It's not, but he's still got the athletic profile to be a, a force at the tight end position. Um, you still have Austin Eckler, and you will have him for a few more years. And so I think that Justin Herbert is set up for success, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, honestly, I have fields at six. I, I know that. Wow. That's, I know that's probably crazy, but you know, just look at look at what he's doing on the field. And he has no one to throw the ball to. I just I it's probably too high. I'll 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 hand up, hands up. It's probably too high. And I should probably put him down, but I have him at six currently. Well, look, it's the same conversation kind of as Lamar, whereas Lamar has obviously competed at an elite level for a couple seasons now. Uh, as an just, MVP. Yeah, he has an MVP already, but Justin Fields needs guys around him. The The organization has failed him massively. They have not given him anyone to, to be a part of an offense with. I mean, you can't – Darnell Mooney's not a one. We have figured it out. The hype is gone. He's not a one. I think so he could be a good two. I, I really do. And then, you know, I – the only other thing is the offensive line is horrible – I mean, but when you look at what Fields has done this year, I mean, it's nothing. It's not short of remarkable what yeah. he what he did. I mean, how many rushing yards did he have on the year? He was sixty four short of uh, of Lamar's record. He had right eleven hundred rushing yards this year. So when <laughs> let's just when Lamar had um, his rushing his where he got he broke the record. He was the number one overall player in fantasy. Yeah. We're talking about a player that has that ability to do that. Definitely. A, a player that has no one around him that can help him. They have the number one pick now. It's just, I just think he's set up for success. Now, do they need to get a receiver? Yes. Do they need to get an offensive line that isn't horrible and literally like, you know, Swiss cheese? Yes. But when you have that type of ability... That's the type of player I want on my team. That's totally fair. My number six is also Justin Herbert. Now, Herbert did take a step back this year, scoring-wise. Last year, he was, I mean, he was one of the best players in fantasy last year. If I remember correctly, he was quarterback two last year, which is kind of crazy to think about. He threw for 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. This year, he, uh, he didn't miss a game. Like, he played in all 17 games. Only 25 touchdowns, 4,700 yards, which is still elite level for for a quarterback. The rushing also took a big step back as well. But I do think just long-term, he is just such a stud. 
And I do think that there are legitimate issues with, with their offensive coordinator and, and the play calling at times. It, it seemed like it didn't always help accentuate what he does best. And so obviously he also dealt with injuries to, to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams throughout the year. He dealt with his own injuries as well. So I, I'm willing to chalk up this year, even though it was still another really great year from Herbert, but not necessarily the elite year that we saw last year. I'm willing to chalk that up to to a lot of injuries and stuff. And there's potential for him to get Sean Payton as a coach. And if that happens, I mean, he might jump up some boards. Uh, we shall see. But, yeah, Herbert's elite. He's an elite talent, and he's accurate with the football. He's got a rocket arm, and I'd love to see him be in an offense that lets him rip it even more so down the field because I feel like a lot of times it's a lot of out routes. It's a lot of short checkdowns to Austin Eckler and, and things like that, which, again, part of that, like I said, Allen and Williams were both injured throughout the year. But I really want to see him just push the ball down the field a lot more like I felt like he did last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm struggling with Justin Herbert. I'll just be honest. I'm struggling okay. with him. How many times would you say that he scored less than 20 points this year, if you had to guess? It's probably a lot. How many times? Uh, let's say seven. Okay. Joel? Let's say eight. 13 times. He scored less than 20 points 13 times. That's really significant, in my opinion. And it I is. know that... I know that the offense coordinator and like everything with that was not good, but he's just not getting it done. When it when it comes down to it, he has these weapons. I know they were hurt, and I know he was an elite player last year. I don't have him at six. I'm not saying he's not an elite player because I do think he is, and I do think he's an elite talent. But I want I want the Trevor Lawrence right now at six. I have I have him at six. Oh, sorry. Um, that was incorrect. Seven, <laughs> seven, seven, seven. My bad, guys. Okay. Just to touch on the Herbert stuff one last time, I do think that the under 20 points is kind of where we see that really big touchdown drop off from last year. I mean, if yeah. we're having this, if we're having this conversation this time last year, Herbert's probably number three for a lot of people. Yeah. It's just, just the reality. Look at the startup data. He was the 103, 104 in almost every startup. And he's probably pushing the top five or six picks now. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not saying I condone it. He's worth, he's worth the first round pick. He's going to be a quarterback one his whole, his whole career. So that's just kind of right. where we are. The reason so, I want Trevor Lawrence over him right now is because I think if you have Justin Herbert, you can go to that Lawrence owner and be like, hey, let, let's trade, let's trade Lawrence and, um, Lawrence and uh, Herbert, and but hey, if I'm the Lawrence owner, I, I feel like I'm getting a first, a first back, like with Lawrence. Feel you. So if I like if I I would I would like to tear down, because I think that the they're comparable enough. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense, but that's what I that's what I would do. No, I get what you're saying. You you see Herbert and Lawrence as similar players. And the name recognition should With be able Herbert. to get you some some net some more value. Yeah, I think you could. I think you could put a first with you could pair T Law in a first to get Herbert, essentially. But also just do it the other way around. And if you want, if you really wanted to get rid of Herbert, get off of Herbert, you could go get T Law and, uh, and, and a first. I also think you could do that with Fields. I think you could do. 
get uh, Fields in a first if you have Herbert, which I would be 100% like over the moon to do. I think at this point it might be kind of hard to do that with Lawrence because I think the hype. You have him ranked higher. I think the I think the hype train is really starting to build on Trevor because of what we've seen him do this year, and uh, and, and having more talent possibly coming in next year with Calvin Ridley. But I'm gonna go ahead and get to my quarterback seven. That is going to be Justin Fields, another big riser for me. I know this is this is probably a shock to to Philly and Colby, but uh, I, I I always knew he was talented. I wasn't really sold on the idea of him being a surefire QB1. I didn't know if he could overcome the lack of pass-catching talent and coaching, uh, but he's kind of proved me wrong. I mean, I know his his passing stats aren't great. Uh, I do think he's going to continue to rise over the next few years. But, I mean, watching some of their games, he, he can drop it in the bucket when he needs to. Uh, he made some really impressive throws this year. And at the end of the day, we talked about it when Colby brought him up, but his rushing talent is is exactly that. It's just it's really special to see. And so I think any of his passing downfalls will be made up for by his rushing elite talent, Colby. Uh, so you kind of already alluded to your quarterback seven, but you can go ahead. Yeah, no, number seven is Herbert. So I don't hate the guy. I mean, obviously, I do think he's good. It's just I think that, there are other players that I'd just rather have right now. That's fair. I, I do kind of, I agree with you that Herbert, he's not like a flashy player at all. Like when you watch no. him, it's like, wow, that ball is really pretty. But like I, when they had the whole like social media quarterback thing, like I didn't buy into that because like, yes, he makes like some flashy plays every now and then. But to me, he's just, he's a robot, which is why like all the data nerds like love him and say he's like the best quarterback since. Joe Montana or whatever like I don't know like they just worship him like so much and I think he's just kind of boring which so I agree that like you know he doesn't have that wow factor for me even though I do love the numbers that he puts up and and obviously I had him uh I had him at number six but my number seven is also Justin Fields have some numbers on him he is one of the best quarterbacks in the red zone this year and that's not just with rushing that's with passing he had no turnovers, no interceptions in the red zone, which is a huge, huge mark of, of wow. an improved passer, in my opinion. That's impressive. He had, 11, he had 11 touchdowns in the red zone this year and a 60-something percent completion percentage, which the red zone, everything gets tighter, everything gets smaller. And so for him to be able to, to have no interceptions and to have that high of a completion percentage in the red zone alone, to me – is like that's a huge stepping point like where he can just he can explode even further as a quarterback. Uh the the most alarming thing is only two games over 200 yards passing. Really rough. Um but who is he throwing he, to? Exactly. Like who is he throwing he has to? He no one to throw to. I completely agree. Trust me. Like I I love him uh so much. Trade for him last year. I think we talked about that in episode 1. And look, if he Gets those pass catchers, he's going to be absolutely dangerous. And one thing that I, I read uh, the other day, so he was asked about the rushing uh, title, the rushing record. And he was like, you know, that's cool, but I'm a quarterback. He was like, the only record, he was like, it'd be cool to have it, but the only record that I really want is like a passing record. And I thought that that was really cool because that shows you that he is a guy who does 
want to develop and want to continue being a good passer. He doesn't just want to take off and run, and you see that in his game. He has taken some sacks just because he's holding on to the ball a little bit too long. But as the season progressed, obviously he had he knew that uh, that offensive line just wasn't there for him, so he had to take off and run so much. But that that came with big plays and a lot of rushing yards, and he was probably a league winner for some people in fantasy. Truthfully, uh, just just how dominant he was, especially from week five on. Essentially, he only had one game where he was under ten points. Um, and most of his games were were 15 and over, which is really good from where you probably drafted him, which was not in the first round. I, I totally agree. I think he's going to continue to grow. So uh, while you were talking, I had I had a internal conflict of my eight and nine quarterbacks, <laughs> and I was like, "Am I going to switch him? Am I going to switch him?" Just leave it as it is, but I am I'm just not a big fan of this guy. Uh he's talented. So Kyler Murray is my quarterback eight. Year after year, he's in the top ten in quarterback rankings as far as fantasy points go. Um he's surrounded by talent. The scheme he's been in fits his skill set so well. Now, of course, we're just learning about Cliff Kingsbury being fired. They're inquiring about Sean Payton. They're rumors that DeAndre Hopkins is being traded. There's no there's nothing official yet other than Cliff being gone, but I think his rushing ability keeps his ceiling high enough to keep him in the list where he is for me. Uh and obviously there have been some injuries as well, but the Arizona Cardinals have already locked him in for however many more Call of Duties come out, who cares? <laughs> he's he, he's he's still he's still a really good quarterback and I think whether or not we want him, whether or not, you know, <laughs> wherever his rankings go, the Arizona Cardinals are going to depend on him for many years. And so that's probably going to have him locked in for a, quite a while. Colby, what do you think? Um, I think your joke about Call of Duty is really funny, first of all. And then, Excellent. <laughs> bro, you know he's grinding Warzone like crazy right now on that injured <laughs> knee. You know, just he's he's probably so happy. But yeah, so earlier I want to correct my mistake. I did say I had um, Herbert at seven. I actually have him at eight. Sorry, that's my fault. Okay. Um, Talk about your number but, seven. Well, I have T Law at seven. Yeah, oh, he that's said right. that during the Herbert. Yeah. But yeah, so I actually have Murray at nine. It, it's pretty much the same as Joel. I, I feel the same way about him. The only reason he's this low, I would probably have him over T Law in maybe even Herbert, to be honest. Um, He's kind of he's kind of unlikable just in like in general, but he scores points. He does. And he is a very talented player. He doesn't take big hits on a points per game basis. He's amongst the league leaders uh, for QBs every year. And um I think the biggest thing is he has a contract. They they are locked and loaded. Kyler Murray is their QB one. It sucks that he got hurt. It sucks that he's not going to be. I mean, what's his time total to return? Probably like midway next year. Yeah, he's he's not ready for. He's not going to be ready for the twenty twenty three season right now. So he's probably not going to play. He'll probably play. He'll, he'll, he'll play, play in it, but he won't be at the start. Yeah. So you know, I mean, that's not the worst thing. I think he's a dynasty buy right now. If people are if people are low on him, if you could take your Trey Lance, maybe 
you could trade take your Tua, you could take your Dak Prescott. If you could take one of those guys and maybe put a pick on top of that, put a player that's worth like a second, you know, something. I don't know. I think he's a buy right now, but I do have Murray there at nine. Nice. Well, my number eight quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. Colby talked about him earlier. I think Lawrence is an absolute stud. He's going to be getting even better next year with Calvin Ridley, I assume. And I love the offense that he's in. I mean, I know that, you know, he, he had some of his struggles like midway point uh, through the season, had some really rough outings. But, man, towards the back half of the year, uh, other than the, the last game uh, against Houston where he scored three points, he had a really solid stretch after the bye week from week 12 to week 16 uh, where he was scoring over 16 points a game, uh, which I feel like his, his value was really low last year because of Urban Meyer, essentially. But, man, he, he got really... Last year was yeah. the time to buy, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But but he really improved this year. And, again, didn't even have, like, a Calvin Ridley type of receiver. You know, Christian Kirk is, is very solid. I think he proved some people wrong this year. And then he made... He made Zay Jones look amazing this year. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive because Zay Jones looked like uh, a really big bust for a while there. Like he looked like nothing, but this year he yeah. was he was really good. Um, like I said, he's too. in it. Yeah, he's in a good offense, and he's only going to get better. He's he's an elite processor, and he's got a cannon. And who doesn't love that long hair? I mean, he's he's a stud. <laughs> so. Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback who I was considering flipping with Kyler. I'm more than happy to have him anywhere in that seven to nine range, but currently I have him as my quarterback nine. I saw a stat that was really, really telling of of how his season has gone, and it was the highest jump in quarterback rating from year one to year two in all of NFL history belongs to Trevor Lawrence and his QBR went up 24.1 percentage points. Makes and sense. So it, I mean, we, we totally saw it. Obviously, he had some games, which is probably why I have him where I do. Those games where you guys mentioned where it's just a total like – the entire game is a brain fart, and he can't stop yeah. turning the ball over. He can't, he can't continue those drives that we talked about with, like, Burrow. Uh, he can't sustain those drives. And, I mean, the reality is – his production this year shows why he was taken first overall in the draft and and every should have been probably every superflex rookie draft as well. I think mm-hmm. there the talent around him is really very pivotal to his success. A lot of people clown the Christian Kirk uh contract, but he really played well. He and did so, and it worked out. It did work out, and I think they're they're more than happy with that, especially when you're adding Calvin Ridley to this group. And I think anyone who joins the squad this offseason, it's a really potent offense. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team for the next few years. And there's a reason he's – Trevor Lawrence is near the top of the list for, of my players to acquire. But like you guys said, it's not going to be cheap. So that's my quarterback and I. It's going to be really expensive at this point. All right, Colby, who you've kind of talked already about your quarterback nine. Who's your QB 10? So, man, this was hard. This is where it got really hard for me. And I'll admit, this is unlike my usual process to rank this player this high. Interesting. But Trey Lance at number 10. I want wow. it. I want Trey Lance. Look 
at what Brock Purdy is doing in this offense. I'm not saying I'm not saying Brock Purdy's bad. He's played well, but Kyle Shanahan is a genius. Trey Lance, we've seen, you know, we haven't seen much from him. This is the truth. Like I do, there's not a lot of stats I can bring up, but you can bring up his 2019 stats. It's the last time we really saw him play. Yes, and I know that's 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 why it's so crazy that I'm ranking him number 10. <laughs> but Trey Lance on a rookie deal with I what who I think is the best play caller in the NFL and Kyle Shanahan. I don't I don't I mean like do y'all think so as well? So are you willing to go on record and say that if Brock Purdy leads the 49ers to the Super Bowl, win or lose, Trey Lance will start next year, week one? I think if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll start. But I think if he goes to the conference championship, it'll be a QB battle. Yeah, it's look, interesting. Look, look at the weapons around him of what who brought what Brock Purdy has. I'm not a Brock Purdy hater. I just yeah, no, definitely. I think, I, I think that Trey Lance is a buy right now. If because no one ranks him as high as I do, probably. But just look at what this man. Brock Purdy is doing this offense. Look what Jimmy G is doing this offense. We never really got to see Trey Lance. And I really do think he would have blossomed this year. I think we would be talking about Trey Lance as a top five. I really do. There's definitely that like, potential there. Yeah, just because. I'm, I'm his, curious what that offense looks like with him. Just is that is that same processing there with him. He really just needs to settle in and, and trust right. the offense around him and don't just take off immediately. Right. Yeah. And, and, like, to be fair to him, we've. We, I mean, we just haven't seen much. Sure. Yeah. And I think, I think too, like, obviously what Purdy is doing is excellent, right? Like, no, we don't want to take anything away. But one thing that was always talked about Lance, especially in the pre-draft process, was reps. And if you look historically at quarterbacks who don't have a lot of reps, like, they struggle when they first get into the league. And we look at Brock Purdy. He was, what, a four-year starter at Iowa State? He also had the pred- pedigree coming out of high school. People forget he was recruited he by Bama late, but he chose to go to Iowa State, which is probably a smart play because he probably wouldn't have played over any of the guys that were at Bama while he was at Iowa State. But regardless, he had a ton of reps. And then he goes into an offense, which is very quarterback-friendly, like we talked about, Kyle Shanahan. is an excellent play caller. And... What does Purdy do? He points and shoots. And that's what that offense asks the quarterback to do. And so if Trey Lance can do that and then also add that rushing upside, which he does have a ton of that, I do think he's going to be excellent if he does get the starting job, which I imagine that he will. The draft capital that they spent on him for was sure, insane, for sure. all the trades and all that. So I don't, I'm not hating on, on Colby's uh, pick for him at 10. He's actually on my outside looking in. Um, but my quarterback nine is Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak, now I will say when he came back from the injury, he's had a little bit of a turnover problem. And he's also had some moments that are just downright bad. But that being said, he's tied to a really great wide receiver. He's got a really good running game behind him, two really good running backs. Um, Hopefully they re-sign Pollard. I imagine that they will. And I just trust that he is going to score points, whether or not he is clutch, whether or not he is, you know, an elite quarterback or just a good quarterback. The fact remains that he, when healthy for a full season, has finished since his rookie year, quarterback seven, quarterback 10, quarterback 14, quarterback two. He was injured in 2020, 
And then last year, quarterback eight. This year he was injured, finished at quarterback 18. He's just, he's a great fantasy asset. And even though the rushing upside isn't there as much anymore for him, he's still a, a really good thrower of the football. So I still like that. He does that. that ball so hard. Yeah, he really does. And he's in a good offense. He's in a dome, which always helps. Uh, so he's my quarterback nine. He's not sexy or anything like that, but he's just a guy that's consistent. I like that. I like that. Um, as I'm going to move into my quarterback 10, but I've got uh, Deshaun Watson. I was going to make a joke and say Brock Purdy, but uh, I've got Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Uh, I've got him and his massive contract at number 10. So, I mean, this offseason and by the time next season starts, hopefully he will – Knock off the dust. He's got a nice set of weapons around him. Admittedly, I am a really big Donovan Peoples-Jones fan. I wasn't. Yeah, you're wide receiver seven in Dynasty. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I I really think, uh, you know, the good thing for the Browns in general is that pretty much everyone in that offense except Kareem Hunt is going to be back next year, uh, barring a trade, of course. As far as contracts go, everyone's staying put. And so that's going to be really good, I think, for the continuity there. And it's kind of the same thing. When when we've seen him play before this season, top five quarterback. I mean, quarterback five for like three years in a row. So yeah, I think the reality is kind of like Kyler Murray. They just gave him a bag of money and they're like, hey, go be a good quarterback. And I think he'll do that. Um, you just have to wonder, the reality is, you just have to wonder if two years away from the game has taken its toll. And, you know, the, that question is the same for Lance. But for me, that's what, I, that's what I'm rolling with with Deshaun Watson at 10. Totally fair. All right, I'll just finish out real quick. We already talked about this guy a lot. My quarterback 10 is Kyler. I just think, obviously, the rushing upside is there. If he gets a coach like Sean Payton, which... You know, I uh, I saw a video today where Sean was talking about him in the pre-draft process. He talked very highly of him, and I don't think that their front office is bad. And I know that we've that Sean Payton wants a good front office, so I do think that there's a potential that Sean Payton does go there. And if he does, I think he's going to get a lot out of Kyler, and we'll see him ascend. Now he's got to stay healthy. Uh, torn ACL is is no joke. Uh, his rushing has gone down the last two, like this year and last year. Um, but still, 400 yards rushing from your quarterback, you're going to take that all day. So, Kyler is my quarterback 10 in Dynasty. Are there any guys who maybe give me three, two or three guys who are right outside of the top 10 who you think if they played really well and maybe a couple of your fringe guys, eight through 10, fell off? Or is there, who could jump into that spot for me? I've got Dak, Trey Lance, and Tua um, kind of just waiting, chomping at the bits to be in the top 10 for me. Uh, yeah, um, I have Dak at 11. Um, so I flipped-flopped Dak and Lance probably probably 10 times. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because uh, I still really like Dak. The turnovers have just been a problem this year. Um, and also, he's throwing pick sixes a lot. You know, and like... I know that's not necessarily bad for fantasy, but it's just a bad look in general. He just, he just wants to get the ball back faster. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it. it I don't know. Um, he has an elite running game, obviously, um, but at the same time, I 
I'm struggling. Like as a Dak owner, like I own Dak in several leagues at this point. He's really disappointed me this year, just in general. Um, but I think all of Philly's stats have. I mean, it backs it up. I understand why he's at why he's at eight, and I don't know. I think that I just got disappointed with Dak, and so I moved him out of my top ten. But that being hey, said, fair. he's he's still he's still really worthy of a top ten spot. So, and I do have an eleven, and then I have um, just based off of pedigree alone, I have Deshaun Watson at twelve. Even though he's looked horrible this year, in my opinion, like really, he doesn't look yeah. sharp. Um, and the Browns games I've watched, which I I actually watched quite a bit towards the end of the season because I was curious on how he looked, and you can just tell he hasn't played football in a long time. He hasn't definitely. Um, yeah, I think a full off season would be good for him. Deshaun Watson's also my uh, eleven pick as well. Again, he's gonna be he's probably gonna be great again. I can't imagine that unless it's just a mental thing with him, which I could totally see that he is going to get back to to being a top 10 quarterback every year. And like you said, he's got some good weapons around him. They're underrated. Uh, Amari Cooper, always underrated for whatever reason, but he had another 1,000-yard receiving season. And then my number 12 is Trey Lance. Uh, I actually had Lance closer to my top 10 uh, or in my top 10, but I flip-flopped him out. I do worry that there's the potential that they just – they just go with Purdy for whatever reason. Because Kyle Shanahan has proven time and time again, he does not care about draft capital. He does not care where you were taken, if you were drafted, undrafted. He doesn't care. And if he loves Purdy, like he's going to go with Purdy. But I do think that Trey Lance will be the guy eventually. I think it would be smart for the organization, honestly, just because Lance just has a higher ceiling. And like Colby said, if he stays healthy and if he's in that offense – there's no doubt he ends up being he could end up being a top five quarterback when we're talking about this next year. Um, so I think I think our rankings are really really nice. Um, the only bad thing is there, we didn't say anything hot take enough for us to really you know go viral with anything. So let's be a little more hot takey. I'll start us off uh, with my tight end rankings. Tight end one in dynasty for me going into next year is T.J. Hawkinson. I don't think that's the most insane thing I've ever said, but I will say that his production and him taking steps up and him being in the Vikings offense is enough for me to put him above Mark Andrews. Um, Also, I don't know who's going to be Mark Andrews' quarterback next year. And so I'm going to go ahead and put TJ Hawkinson up at the top. Number one, he's, what, 25 years old? Production is there. I admittedly... Didn't love him the last. I know he is probably seen as kind of a fraud the last few years in the fantasy community, myself included. I think he's really going to lock it in. And I think he's about to skyrocket even more so in this Vikings offense. Colby, roast me. Okay. So I do have Hawkinson top three. So this isn't, this isn't. I'm I'm not gonna roast you, but I am a Hawkinson owner in a few leagues. So, but I see his flaws, just because he's a tight end two this year, but he scored over 35 points twice. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously you want that you want that type of boom week to be able to push you over the edge. And he won me weeks this year, like he really did. But I don't know. I just 
I don't. I think one is a little aggressive for That's the fair. production he's given. I don't mind that. But that being said, I do yeah, like him. He's, I have him top three, but my number one, and I know like this. This is about to be bad for me, but I still have Kyle Pitts at one. I know. I know. I do too. Actually, Colby. Wow. I'm with you. I know. I know. I'm with you, but I, I want to hear what Colby says and I'll, I'll chime in. Okay. Let's, let's just look at how old Kyle Pitts is. The man is 22. Okay. He's 22. That's really young for a football player, especially a tight end. Tight ends play for a really long time. Yeah. He was drafted, what, fourth overall? So Something the like draft that. capital is there. Kyle Pitts with Matt Ryan, who isn't a total – he wasn't horrible. He had over 1,000 yards, one of the best tight end seasons of all time for a rookie. Yeah. The talent is there. And he's 22 years old. This year went horrible. I, I mean – it just did. It went horrible, but you know, and he was hurt, like whatever. But I just, I still want Kyle Pitts number one. That's who I want. I, I'm, I think he's an amazing buy right now because the community is so down on him. I've seen him like top four, when or four fourth overall in rankings for tight end. I think that's crazy. You're talking about so a guy too. that had over a thousand yards his first year. He's not even a tight end, really. He's a, he's literally a wide receiver that is just a freak. And, you know, Mariota did not help things. He wasn't super um, healthy. He wasn't good. Towards the end of the yeah, and also, like, Pitts wasn't healthy. Yeah. It sucks, but if you if you compare, like, let's just give the first two seasons of elite tight end's career. You know, Pitts is still up there because his first year was that good. True. So, I want the elite talent. I want I want the guy that... I really do think could be the number one tight end for 10 years to come. So yeah. I, I have Pitts at one. I'm with you there, Colby. Pitts, he's just that elite talent, you know? And the quarterback situation has to improve. I mean, Marcus Mariota was terrible this year. There is no doubt. And we've, we've made jokes all season uh, in our group chat about Arthur Smith needing to establish the run in the fourth quarter when they're down 21 points, right? Like, there was just... There was something weird going on with that offense this year. Uh, I mean, they have two incredibly talented players in Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Neither of them, I don't think either of them went over even close to 800 yards, which is like not even that good for for a wide receiver, like a number one guy. So I'm still with you, though. Pitts is is that top guy for me. He's just such a talent and so young. And we typically don't even see tight ends break out till they're 25, 26 years old. So the fact that he had That's another yards element last year, like I'm just only assuming he's going to get better and it could bite us. It really could. But this is dynasty. This is not just a one year deal. If you're in redraft mm-hmm. and you drafted Kyle Pitts and you got burned from him, I totally get it. I probably I probably wouldn't touch him in redraft next year anyway. But in dynasty, he is still such a valuable asset. It's good. Yeah, and I, That's, uh... I think he's a buy. I think he's a buy because of that. Look, I'll, I'll say this, hand up. That was a very convincing, compelling argument. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and bump Kyle Pitts up just a tad to my number two tight end. You guys did a great job of explaining that. Look, here's my concern. Okay, so instead of saying what I really like about Pitts, I'll give you the concerns because he, he was at my tight end four until seconds ago. That's, that's, that's here's, crazy. Here's where I'm at. Just because 
he was hurt. I mean, obviously things weren't working out with Marcus Mariota, even when he was healthy. Now, we don't know. We can't say, yes, the Falcons are going to get a quarterback in this draft. They're going to go out and get C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, anybody, Will Levis, Bryce Young. We don't. We can't say that with certainty. We sure. also know that Arthur Smith is not a coach who's going to be like, let's air it out. Let's get it to, to Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Cordero Patterson and all these, you know, Olamide Zacchaeus, shout out my guy. Uh, the, my concerns are coaching – the not the guarantee that uh, Desmond Ritter will even effectively get Kyle Pitts the ball. And so w- when, when I'm looking at my rankings, while I did bump him up because you guys have great, you know, the numbers are there, the analytics are there for Kyle Pitts, this isn't based off of talent. This is based off of how I see them moving forward. For me, and I know this is the same for you guys too, you guys just like him a little bit more, I'll bump him up to tight end too. I'll put him at two. I think he will I think he will continue to grow. I mean, the the history of tight ends, of course we all know, the older they get, the better they get. I don't want to cause too much of a controversy, so so here we are. Colby, tight end 2 for you. Uh so my tight end 2 is still Mark Andrews. And I I know that that doesn't make sense because I've actually ragged on him a lot this year. Yeah. But he's still only 27 years old. He is Lamar's favorite target. And I know he had, he dealt with some drop issues this year, but I am of the belief that they're going to pay Lamar. And if they don't, I, it'd be really interesting to see where he went. But I still like Andrews the talent. This year was horrible, but I think he's a good buy because of that. It's kind of, I think my first two guys are pretty much, um, you know, Pitts and, and Andrews. You know, the years just didn't go well. But I know he was dealing with injury. And I'm just kind of willing to give this year away um, if it means that we can see that 2021 Mark Andrews again. I think that's fair. My number two is actually TJ Hawkinson. I liked what I saw this year, man. I mean, he got with the Vikes, and and they threw him the ball a lot. They fed him the ball. Targets and him yes, he, he did have, like you said, he did have those big boom weeks. <laughs> But to be fair, he was still number three in a in a points per game basis, like on on average, and he ended up being the top uh, the number two tight end in PPR. And if you look at it, like it's not like he had like thirty points and then two points. You know, what I mean, he finished he finished the season on a forty six percent snap share with two points, but twelve, thirty five, eight, ten, seven, fifteen, eight, eleven, sixteen. Like again. We're not asking for a, a crap ton from our tight ends anyway, unless we have those elite guys. And I just I think that he's just only going to get better. Again, he's 25. He's in a good offense that likes to air it out now uh, even more. And as they move forward, it's Jefferson, Hawkinson, and then Thielen. And obviously they might replace Thielen this year. I don't know. But Hawkinson is a guy that, that I still I want moving forward just because I know he's going to get the targets. Yeah, and I mean, they did pay for him. They did. they did. I mean, you look at Hawkinson's targets. He had 129 targets in an offense sharing and sharing a ball with Justin Jefferson. Hmm. And, and a lot a of lot. that is because they throw the ball so much. But I mean, that's yeah. it. It's still just. I just want to go back to Mark Andrews real, real quick. That's fine. Um, 
because I just want to beat the drum for him a little more because before week eight, week seven against Cleveland is where it kind of went awry for him. But before that, he was a tight end one with 25 points. He was a tight end one again with 28 points. Then he was a tight end three with 22 points. And then he was a tight end two with 23 points. So, and then he got hurt. Lamar's, and he, you know, just didn't get to really play with Lamar, whatever. But he ended the week, he ended the season with a tight, uh, as a tight end, you know, he didn't have a great year. He, I think he was a tight end four. Yeah. But I think if all things considered, like if, let's just say Lamar was healthy, he was healthy, then we would be probably even a tight end one year, like the tight end one overall. Potentially. Potentially. Or, you know, tight, tight end two, whatever. But, Anyway, going to Hawkinson, I, I really like Hawkinson. I guess I, I own him and committed, so I, I feel like I should be beating the drum for him more. But y'all are, y'all are really changing my tune on him because I didn't realize he had that many targets. That's a lot. It is. Um, second, second, second most with tight ends, obviously. Second to uh, Kelsey. My, my tight end three. Right. Perfect segue. Uh, my yeah. tight end three is is Travis Kelsey, and I do not care how old he is. I will not drop him out of like my top three until he is either not with Mahomes or he refuses to step foot on the field. Because if he's on the field and Patrick Mahomes is throwing him the ball, he's gonna get fed, and it doesn't matter if he scores or not. Obviously, there were some weeks this this year where we were kind of disappointed, especially toward the back end. But there are weeks where he doesn't score a touchdown, like two out of his last three games this this past season, 10 catches, 105 yards, six catches, 113 yards. And he's kind of at the point where we don't have to talk a lot about Travis Kelsey because we know what he is. We know what he's done. We know what he will continue to do first. You know, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end to play the game. And again, not moving him. I'm not bumping him down until someone either goes nuclear or he retires. So that's where we're at. Colby, yep. what do you think? Uh, I'm at, I have him at three. So yep. I agree with you. And he was at two pretty much all week until I dove into Mark Andrews a little more. And you know, that six year age difference is a big deal to me. But so I'll just say this if Travis was 30, he would be my number one tight end. It would be close. For sure. For sure. I agree. I mean, it I would. It just wouldn't even. It wouldn't even be a conversation. But yeah. now that he's thirty three, he's about to be thirty four, I believe. Yeah, we're getting to the age that you know players really do start to slow down, especially tight ends. But I do think he'll be able to play over the next few years at, at an elite enough level to still be ranked number three. I also think he's a good buy because people are still. When you get this age in Dynasty, it's like, oh, I don't want to touch you. I don't want to touch you with a 10-foot pole. But yeah. he's still going to be scoring. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. He's my tight end three as well. There's not much else to to cover on him that you guys haven't covered already. Um, and I agree. If you're a, a team that is looking to contend, he's definitely a, a guy to buy, uh, especially because people, like you said, they get worried about that age. And tight ends just age differently. They just do. Them and quarterbacks age so much differently than any other position group. And Kelsey's one that even if he slows down a little bit, he and Pat just have that connection and, and he knows where to sit in the zones. He knows where to go on the field and, and he's just going to age really well. I think. Couldn't agree more. So 
Moving on to my tight end four uh, is Mark Andrews. I don't really have a ton more to say about Mark Andrews from what Colby said. Uh, he's he's Lamar's favorite red zone target. He is he's got great hands. He doesn't drop the ball much, and he's just he's just a he's like a prototypical tight end. He's strong and he's fast. He's big. He's athletic, and so you know. I would love for him and Lamar to stay connected just because of the camaraderie that they have. It's like a it's like a Mahomes Kelsey light, if you would. Uh I would mm-hmm. love to see him continue to be able to to build on that. Yeah. So y'all both have him at four. I have actually have Hawkinson at four. And I, I think I'm too low on him at this point. Y'all have kind of convinced me I need to put him up. I don't know, but I have Hawkinson at four. Let's move on to number five. Um, just because we talked about Hawkinson a lot. And we talked about Andrews. I, I yeah, I don't have much to say other than he's really good. And I think when Lamar's back, uh, then he'll be really good once again. Yeah. Cool. So my number five, I actually have Dallas Goddard. I just really like the way he plays on the field. And then also on a points per game basis, he's a tight he's a um, top five tight end. And he's a little more durable than the guy below him. So that's really why I have him at five. I've also got Dallas Goddard at five. I've really, he's just one of those guys that I really like in the NFL. Just really, he just always seems to be where he needs to be to get the ball. He's, he's kind of the safety outlet, whereas AJ Brown and Devonte Smith are the, uh, the routine guys, the shot guys. But when Jalen is in a pickle, he's looking for Dallas. And so right. that's, that's really awesome for him because he's he's looking to Dallas to get the first down to get the the touchdown really those pivotal moments it's been really cool to see Dallas Goddard step up and be such a reliable option in the passing game there and yeah. so I've I mean I think the whole fantasy community was chomping at the bits to for Zach Ertz to no longer be on the team as good as Zach Ertz was and still is I think we all were just please let Dallas Goddard be the lone tight end that matters there. And so he's, he's my five as well. Yeah. He's Without my five injury. Is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying he's my five as well. The only thing that kind of stinks about Dallas's game right now, only three touchdowns this year. Um, yeah. yeah. Which you would like True. to have more from your tight end, but also to Joel's point, he's one of those Kind of like we talked about Burroughs, like legs are those drive extenders. Dallas is the drive extender for the Eagles offense, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, I just want to share a quick thing on his target share. So he's had six or more targets, which, I mean, six targets is a good threshold, especially for a tight end. Oh, yeah, it's great for a tight uh, end. In the tier we're talking about. Six more targets, nine times. And, and he only played twelve games. Right, and that's on an offense with A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, who runs a lot, obviously, and then Devonta Smith. Yeah. So he's a he's a part of this offense. Like he is a guy that's like we want to game plan to get Dallas the ball. So that's where I have him at five. Um, I actually almost had him at four. It was really close, but so uh, moving on to to number six for me. I think this is a player that we are all excited about. A player that we're all happy is finally starting to become who we were hoping he would be. That's David Njoku. David Njoku is just a an awesome, awesomely athletic tight end. Six might be a little a little rich for some people, but I think being paired in the offense that he's paired with, 
uh, with a quarterback who has a massive contract, who has been a top five quarterback his whole career. And uh, I think that he can really be special in this offense. I think that David Njoku is finally starting to get it. He's also been given the opportunity to do so. I I think it's a little high uh, for Njoku. I do as well. He's actually not like to spoil anything, but he's actually not in my top 10, uh, which may be too low on him. But yeah, I, I don't have a bunch of like anecdotes or whatever, but on a per game basis, he, he was the tight end eight on, on the year. And uh, he finished as the number 10 tight end in PPR, which is great. Um, but there's just, I just know that as soon as I hype him up, he's like the university of Texas in football. Like I just know that, as soon as I have him up, he's gonna suck again. I just know it. So, I I'm just I'm not gonna take the cheese with Njoku, but I I do I do hope that he continues to to ascend. I hope he does, and I hope that next year when we do this episode, that I can say I was wrong about him. Who do you have at six? I have George Kittle. Uh, Kittle on a per game basis was tight end two. He he finished the year as the number three tight end. Obviously. He had some games where he looked just like he was just a left tackle, but he's honestly, he, he finished down the stretch really well. Um, the only problem that I have with him at this point is he seems to be very boomer bust. Um, not as reliable, not as consistent as we've seen him be in the past, but they're always going to have him on the field. You know, I mean, his snap share this year is, is insane. I mean, he's on the field 90% of the time. And just about every single game, if he's not hurt. So the fact that he's on the field is is really just helpful uh, for him. And he scores a lot of touchdowns. I mean, he really does. And you love to see that for the tight end position. 11 touchdowns this year is, is a lot. He's 29. I know that, you know, you kind of alluded to it, I think, uh, if you were talking about him. But he does have some durability issues. Um, but he's getting to that age, tw- 29, where he's in the prime of his career still. And... I'd still want to have another couple of years, you know? Yeah. Um, so I had him at six kind of coming into this, but honestly, I've been burned by Kittle so much um, at this point in my career in fantasy. Um, his durability issues are a major problem in my eyes. And he's an elite talent, but so often you know, it's it's just him blocking. And there's so many elite players on that team that the tight end I want above him, I do have Kittle at seven. And right. I honestly, it, I really do think it's too low. And I, I can understand that. But I want Pat Firemuth. Um, I have him at six because of the target share. And yeah. because I think that Kenny Pickett's going to develop over time. He's going to be the safety blanket. So he had over seven targets, which, I mean, seven's a lot for a tight end. Eight times he had over seven targets, you know, and that's quite a bit, but he only scored two touchdowns. I think as that offense gets better, Pat Firemuth is really going to boom. Yeah. It makes you wonder who scored all the touchdowns in Pittsburgh if Deontay had zero and Pat had two. Najee actually did score quite a bit. (laughs) And then he kicked a lot of field goals. Yeah, he kicked a lot of field goals. You know, not a lot of, you know, just not a lot of touchdowns in general. Yeah, I feel like every game they won was like 16 to 13. Right. Chris Boswell is a bye this offseason. 
But I do think the offense gets better. At tight end seven, I'm rolling with Dalton Schultz. And really, I mean, he's he's really talented. For me, there's not much to be – like, he's not like this guy that I could write paragraphs about. He's just kind of like an athletic tight end who's in a really good offense. And the only thing that could really bump him down in my rankings is if he's no longer on the Cowboys. It's kind of like just where I'm at with him. I like him a lot. I think he's – uh, he's a really good tight end, but it's it's really it's, it's kind of scheme based at this point with me and Dalton Schultz. Yeah, that's totally fair. You know, uh, once we get to to this point, tight ends, it's tough to have like a ton on them. But I'm with you, Colby. My tight end seven is Pat Farmuth as well. I own him and committed. Really excited about him because he's doing very well and he's only 24 you know we usually see that breakout for tight ends like we said 25 26 range and so for him to have 98 targets as a tight end is really good 700 yards is really solid for a tight end uh and only two touchdowns you know obviously we want to see that see that get bumped up and there's a chance that deontay johnson doesn't come back and he's going to get some of those targets that he loses. You know, they, they're, they're going to replace him at some point in the offense with, with someone else. But Pat is going to benefit from that if Deontay does leave. I totally agree on Kenny Pickett. I think that he's only going to continue to improve. And I'm excited about Pat Farmuth. I really do think he could explode and, and become a top five tight end by next year. Tight end eight, I'm, I've got George Kittle. Um his boomer bust kind of keeps me keeps him at eight for me, as well as like you you mentioned, he's just, sometimes you're just he just kind of disappears into the offensive line, and and that's just the reality of a Kyle Shanahan offense. Sometimes they're like we're going to pound the rock thirty times straight, and we're not throwing the ball, and then sometimes they just run these like leak routes, and Kittle gets every single play directly called for him. And so, I mean, he's a reliable when he's on the field and the ball's being thrown. He's a very reliable option. Uh, I think all the, the negatives have already been said, the injuries, the, the run game, his awesome blocking ability, which is not fantasy fun for us. But, yeah, uh, George Kittle is still – he's going to be a top 10 tight end until, until he retires, I'm sure. Yeah, top 10, not too hard in general for tight end. Um, but, yeah, I have tight end. Talked about it, but Kittle at seven, boomer bust. Gets hurt all the time. He just honestly makes me so mad. I'm, I do have a personal vendetta against him. Um, but at number eight, I actually have David Njoku. I am with you, Joel. I think he's a good player. And I do think he's going to improve with Deshaun Watson. Uh, we saw him get to the end zone a few times with him as well. Um, has a, a really nice target share with Deshaun um, in that offense that runs the ball a lot. They're going to rely on um, play action pass with Deshaun. So, and you know, usually a tight ends hit on those type of plays. So I like, I like David Njoku there. Who do y'all have at eight? My number eight is Greg Dulcich. Uh, he's a rookie and had a really, really solid uh, first year for a tight end uh, as a rookie in that offense, which, I mean, Colby knows that offense was kind of rough. There weren't a lot of bright spots on it. But I think Dulcich was was a bright spot, to be honest, and, and I think he's just only going to improve at 22 to have the year that he had, and it was only in 10 games. 
Uh, obviously, you kind of worry about potential durability issues as I think he was injured coming into the year. That's why he didn't debut till later on. And then, of course, you know, ended the year. But at least it wasn't like a structural thing. It was, it was a hamstring, so not like a knee or, or a foot injury. You know, hamstring something that, you know, can act up for sure. But uh, I'm just thankful that it's not something that's probably like a long-term damaging thing. So Dulcich is my number eight. Yeah, I, I mean, I was a really big fan of him coming out of UCLA. Uh, and there's a reason he's in my rankings, but I'm not going to talk about him yet. Uh, Pat Frymuth's my tight end nine. And for the reasons that you guys all said, he's just uh, in an offense that doesn't, outside of George Pickens, doesn't push the ball down the field. There he is. There's there's the targets. There's the short gains. There's the moving the chains. There's the touchdown and red zone targets. And so Pat Frymuth, I mean, he's got he's building a really good pedigree at a young age. For he sure. is such a buy right now, like just in general. Yeah, Colby, who's your tight end nine? Uh, tight end nine. I struggled with this because I wanted to put Craig Dulcich there, but I ended up putting Dalton Schultz there. I just think I like him with Dak. Seems like they have good rapport. Um, he was elite in 2021. He's having a really good year this year. Great target share. Um, he's scoring a lot of touchdowns as well. So I'll, I'll take Schultz at nine. Yeah, Schultz is my number nine as well. He definitely had some boomer bust weeks. It seemed like he was kind of up and down if you look at the game log. But he's 26. If he stays in Dallas with Dak Prescott, he's going to be really good. Now, obviously, it is a little bit concerning that they continue to bring in these young athletic guys like Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. But Schultz is still like a go-to guy in that offense, and I don't think that we have to be super concerned about that long-term, you know, at least for the next few years. So. We'll see what they do with that contract this offseason. But uh, rounding true. out the top 10 for me is Greg Dulcich. I, like I said, I'm just a big fan of him, super athletic tight end. And that offense is going – like the, it feels like a, a teapot. You know, you've got the water. It's starting to boil. It's begging to boil over. That offense really wants to explode. And so I'm hoping that this next season we can see a little, a little, bit, of, a little bit of fun. All right, Colby, who's your tight end 10? I also have Greg Dolchitz at 10. Um, nice. I'm a Rockets fan, obviously, and our offense was horrible this year, but he was a bright spot. Um, I liked what he did. I, he honestly is a very nice route runner, and he was able to get open for Russ, which you know seemed to be hard for our receivers this year other than him and Judy. So I appreciate Greg Dolchitz a lot. <laughs> I think he's a good buy. He's cheap right now. Yeah, my tight end 10 is is uh, a guy we haven't mentioned at all, but he's in a really good offense. And obviously, you might be a little concerned by who they gain next year. We talked about uh, who they might gain next year as well. But Evan Ingram for the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's tied to a really good quarterback. He's got a really nice target share, and he had a great year. Now, obviously, health and durability is the concern for him as as usual. But, man, if he stays healthy, he showed this year that he is – a special player. Um, and so, look, it's kind of like an up-in-the-air thing. It's just because I don't really – I don't love Njoku, like I said earlier, uh, and I don't love – my. I'll just mention my uh, outside looking in the top ten was Dawson Knox. Uh, he he really disappointed this year to me. Um, so Dawson Knox and Njoku were my my outside looking in. I just thought Ingram had had a really solid season, and, and I think – 
that when you're tied with a really young quarterback that and, and a really good and talented quarterback that you want to have that that tied in with him. Yeah, I mean, if, as long if they bring him back, I mean, there's no reason to think he can't duplicate or improve on that season he just had. Um, some of the guys that were outside of my top 10 who I would love more than anything to put them in the top 10, I'll just touch on too quickly uh, Juwan Johnson and uh, Diego Conquo, who is someone I've been talking about a lot lately. So both of those guys are just uber athletic tight ends who are on offenses that are both struggling, but they're both massive. They're both extremely, uh, they are just athletic freaks and they start to get the ball there. There are just moments in a game where you just start getting schemed and they get the ball in the end zone. They get the ball on plays that are not just like run a, run a spot route for four yards and just take this dump off. They get plays that matter. And I'm hoping that both of them can continue to grow on that with better quarterbacks and better offensive play calling moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for our tight end rankings. Yeah. Pretty solid. I think there was a lot of good buys in the tight ends, especially. So if you're listening, go send a trade offer in your league right now. Right now. All right. So next next for next part of the podcast, we're gonna be talking about our rookie class thoughts for the twenty twenty two season. Yeah, let's just go over it really quickly because obviously, you know, the rankings takes a little bit. But I love the wide receivers and running backs. I really thought that they flashed in this class. And this was, to me, a class where there's obviously a lot of people saying, oh, the 2022 class wasn't very good and, and you should sell your picks and stuff. But, man, you really, if you held on to those picks or if you gained multiple of those picks, you really like where you're at with a lot of these wide receivers and running backs. Uh, they gave you a lot of solid depth for your team. They, you know, we obviously had some studs in, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave at wide receiver, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, I think are studs as well. But just some, just some filler guys too, that you really like to, to see where they improve upon like Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, like all those guys I think are are really going to be solid for you on your dynasty roster moving forward. And then at quarterback, you know, Kenny Pickett, I, I think, really improved down the stretch. And he's going to be a guy who maybe will, won't ever be a top 10 quarterback finishing year. But I think he's definitely going to be a really good quarterback, too, for you uh, for, for probably the rest of his career. Yeah, I think you look at a guy like Pickett and you feel you maybe at the end of his career, you look back and, you know, he's like a Derek Carr. Suddenly he's got like... Yeah you know, four or five, six top 15 finishes strung together. And you're like, it didn't feel like it necessarily at times, but he really, you know, he pulled through. I'm going to touch on the the rookie running backs real quick. And it's yeah. just, it's just a testament to NFL will put anybody out there at running back pretty much. <laughs> like you're telling me that I could have gotten really good weeks out of Zonovan Knight, Kevin Harris, Isaiah Pacheco, Pierre Strong Jr., Tyler Algier, you're telling me these guys, the outside of Algier, these guys took over a backfield because of injury and like did well for a week or two. And then guys like Tyler Algier, Brian Robinson Jr., Rashad White, Damian Pierce, they took over their backfields. So that is that is just like huge as far as like you look at a, the depth of a rookie class. You, it's not every year. 
you can find starters for your fantasy roster, the third and fourth round of rookie drafts on a yearly basis. True. Yeah, collect those third round picks, those fourth round picks. Just it, you, all you're doing, all you're doing is throwing darts at the wall. You know, <laughs> things might not work out, but when you hit on one of those, it feels really, really good. So yeah, um, obviously, I think the wide receivers are really good this year. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with Olave. I think he's an amazing player, uh, incredible route runner. I think the the he's just a technician with the way yeah, he, he runs his routes. Um, and that's really that's what's going to take him from a good wide receiver to an elite wide receiver. And you see all the like the elite wide receivers in the league. They're incredible route runners. And they play very a very long time. And they have great NFL careers. We'll dive more into the rookie class um, in a future Super Bowl predictions. Joel, who, who is your Super Bowl prediction this year? I'm going to go ahead. It was kind of hard to not pick the 49ers because they're the hottest team right now. I mean, they're just playing really good football. I think with a healthy Jalen Hurts, the Eagles are going to come out of the NFC. I don't – I mean, I know it, sometimes it feels pretty chalk to to take the Eagles and the Chiefs, which is what I'm doing. I think the reality is this is the best of the best, and so sometimes you just come out with the one seeds doing their thing. And so I'm, I'm just going to – I'm rolling with the Eagles and the Chiefs I do think that in the AFC, Kelsey will need to be a bit more of a touchdown scorer if they want to win, if they want to get to the Super Bowl and win it. But um, if Jalen Hurts is healthy, I don't see how they don't win the, in the NFC. Yeah, for me, I am, I am going to go with the 49ers just because – they're hot right now, obviously, but I, I just I love their team. They have so much talent, and they run the ball extremely well. And I do think that there is potential, obviously, for like a Brock Purdy meltdown in the playoffs. But that being said, you know if Lane Johnson is a hundred percent, that Eagles offense looks completely different, man. And I know that Hurts will be hopefully a hundred percent healthy, and that changes everything. But uh, the Eagles' defense also struggles against the run, and that's what the 49ers do best. And so I think if they do meet up, that that's going to be a tough matchup. And I really do like that 49ers defense. So I'm going 49ers uh, from the NFC. And then the AFC, you know I got to ride with Joey B, my boy. The Bengals, they're such a great team. And they can, you know, they can go on those slow drives and, and bleed that clock, or they can hit those big plays. And I think in today's NFL, you have to be able to do both to win in the playoffs. They can run the ball. They have a good defense. I don't trust the the Chiefs defense that much outside of Chris Jones, and I don't trust the Bills secondary, and I don't trust their running game. And you have to have a good secondary, and you have to have a good running game in the playoffs to me in today's NFL to be able to, you know, like I said, control those drives and everything like that. We've seen Josh Allen press at times and and turn the football over, and so that worries me. Um, and so I'm just riding with the Bengals. Very nice. I have the Bengals coming out of the AFC. And it's really because I just trust that they have been there before. And I think they're kind of mad. I really do. I think they got mad about their seating and all that stuff. And I know it didn't matter. But yeah, Joe Burrow is 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying. He's got his number. And I, I, I just trust that Joe Burrow is going to just, he's going to do it. and then. I am going to take the Eagles just because I do think they're the best team in the league. When all everyone's healthy, 
you know, if Lane Johnson is not healthy, that is an issue. But I am going to take the Eagles, and I do think the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year. I wouldn't nice. be shocked to see a. I wouldn't be shocked to see a Forty ers Bengals Super Bowl. Do you, I would say though, if that's the case, I know the offensive line has improved in Cincinnati, but that is a not a fun prospect to think about. No, it's not. Burrow having to run from defensive, likely the defensive player of the year. Definitely. All right, Colby, let's finish it up with our new segment, Fair or Fleece. Give us the trade. All right, so this trade is in a Superflex League 12-team. It's in our CFG uh, Committed Football Guys League. It is a 2025 first for none other than Jordan Love. What do y'all think? Speechless. <laughs> Speechless <laughs> that Jordan Love is going for a first still. Uh, obviously, there's all the stuff swirling around about Aaron Rodgers retiring, Aaron Rodgers retiring, and it is giving getting a little farvish. Um, just what he's been doing the past few years with all the retirement stuff. But man, exhausting. Like, yeah, no, it is. It is, and I, I can't imagine being in that organization and just like having to be concerned about okay, who's our starting quarterback next year? Even though Rodgers wasn't that great this year, Jordan Love. He has talent, but man, like, will we ever see it? Is is the truth, and and will it click? Because when he started, he hasn't looked very good, like just truthfully. And paying a first, a twenty five first, which there's going to be some dudes in twenty five. We'll we'll talk Debbie in, in episodes later on, but um, for a team, and and for context, the team that traded the twenty five first is an older team, and they could get bad fast, and, and they could really be hurting for that 25 first fast in my opinion so i'm taking the side that gets the first uh you know i'm a picks guy and we haven't seen anything from jordan love you know this isn't like trey lance in the 49ers offense with kyle shanahan to me you know i mean this is jordan love in an okay offense with honestly just decent weapons not even that great of weapons so we'll see but what do you think joel so, yeah, I'm totally on board with you taking the side of the first. I know some people may hear this and think, like, man, you guys are trading 2025 picks. What kind of, who are you guys? Uh, the league, This league is not really – that's not a concern. The guys who are making these yeah. trades are going to be around by that time. Uh, so we're not really worried about, you know, they're just wrecking this team, uh, forsaking their future, which they, you know, they are, but it'll be their team in 2025. But I think it's just for the guy who is who got the first, um, he's in a total rebuild right now. And that was his fifth 2025 first round pick that he has acquired this this year. And so, I mean, the reality is, as it stands, of course, some guys are going to blow up and where he's going to end up taking whoever's there. But you're looking at guys like Cade Klubnick, Drew Alar, um, I mean, Nicholas Singleton, my personal favorite receiver at the point at this point for that class, Luther Burden out of Missouri. Um, guys like Branson Robinson, who are just like, you know, just starting to get into college football, but they are also some of the biggest names already. And so I think that uh the the guy, the team who took on that first and it being his fifth, he's just got so, so much draft capital and so many assets at this point that he could he doesn't have to rebuild if he didn't want to sell the picks and get the guys if he wanted but at this point he's got the flexibility and I'll take that every time yeah i think in fairness to the jordan love side 
2025 is a long time away. It is. Um, that being said, I just don't think Jordan Love is going to be anything. And if I'm going to spend my 2025 first, if I have this first to spend, I'm not going to buy Jordan Love. I'm going to buy something else. I'm going to buy because that 25 first could have bought a lot of different things. Yeah. Buying Jordan Love with that first was probably is, is not the move I would have made. Now, in regards to is this a fair or is it a fleece? I, I don't I, I don't want to say it's a fleece, but it's not necessarily fair because I don't think Jordan Love currently is worth a first. So, yeah, I agree. It's not it's definitely yeah. not a fleece. You know, if he'd paid yeah. two first for it, that's like I mean oh, that's we, gotta, just, we have to have we have to have a conversation, right? Yes. But counseling session. <laughs> but but one yeah. first that's years away for a team that, that does want to continue to compete and buying into maybe some of those rumors that Aaron Rodgers is retiring and so you have a starting quarterback, and starting quarterbacks are are huge in superflex. I agree, but right. I'm I'm with you, Colby. I don't know if Jordan Love is is much of anything at this point. But it's it's the thing I really don't like about the trade is it's speculative. Like it's okay, yeah. Aaron Rodgers might not play. I mean, he's under contract to play next year. Exactly, he he is. And then also, what we've seen from Jordan Love just isn't good. What I would have done. If I'm just gung ho and I want to trade my 25 first, I would have just got someone better because you could have got someone way better than Jordan Love. You could have paired like the, here's here's my thing. If you want to buy another quarterback, go out and get Jared Goff. Like seriously, he is yeah. right now like a a a really in a really good spot in that offense and and playing really well. And I think Jameson Williams is going to continue to develop. Go buy Jared Goff. I think. He might be a little bit more expensive, but again, like you said, right now Jordan Love is speculative. You know what you get in Jared Goff, and I do think that the Lions believe in him. And, and so go out and get him if it takes you a first and a second. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this journey, talking about the QB and Titan rankings. Um, this was a really fun episode, guys. What do y'all think? I loved it. Love talking to you guys. Love it. Yeah, so we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Please follow us on Instagram at Committed Football Guys Podcast and let us know if you know this is something that you want to hear more of, what uh, sections of the podcast you would like to hear. I'm Colby. I'm Joel. And I'm Philly. And this has been the Committed Football Guys Podcast. See ya. See ya.